Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire, episode 340. 340. Today is Tuesday, November 28th, 2023. We're on the cusp of December. I'm very excited for multiple reasons. I love Christmas. A lot of you guys know that. Uh, we always do some festive fun stuff towards the end, closer to Christmas. Uh, it's also my birthday month. Very exciting. Um, and I just, yeah, it's just a great time. Love it. Joy abounds in the Tharp household. We love Christmas. Uh, we love giving. We love just blessing people and blessing one another. That's the other thing too, man. I just love, um, you know, Lauren and I both just love, I think we love giving gifts and so we're always like finding fun things. And it's like, we always give each other lists, but then throughout the year, we're always like recording down things that we mention, the other person mentions, and then we just surprise each other on Christmas. And we're like, and they're like, Oh, I remember I totally forgot about this. Oh my gosh. So, um, I, I just love this time of year. It's great. Um, guys, if you're listening on Spotify, make sure to follow the Elijah fire podcast, make sure to rate this. That'll really, we really appreciate that. You guys have been super generous with your reviews and then wherever you're listening to this podcast, make sure to, uh, follow us if you can like us, if you can, and then also give us an honest review as well. Uh, guys, we have been taking all of our teaching series that we do, which are anywhere between two to four ish, sometimes five little wild card in there every now and then um, teaching series on just various topics. And so we are actually going to be releasing on 12 to uh, December 2nd, this upcoming weekend, we're releasing our Bible 101 series. So we had Mandy and Costin Woodhouse, both very adept at Bible teaching. They taught it uh, for quite a few years, taught Bible um, and theology. And so they did a great just kind of crash course entry level on just the canon of scripture, the validity validity of scripture, where we get these manuscripts. And uh, it was just awesome. And then just kind of an entry point into reading the word. And both Mandy and Costin bring their own flair and perspectives. And so it was really fun. So that's a great one to revisit or listen to for the first time. And all four episodes drop on Saturday, December 2nd. So uh, I also want to say one more time, I don't know if it's going to be mentioned the rest of the week, uh, just as a reminder, I'm not going to be here the rest of the week. I'm going on a much needed vacation given everything that's been going on. And Lauren's in my world. Uh, vacation is much needed. So, um, but next week, we have the privilege of hosting James Gall. Uh, we're going to be doing a teaching series with him through the entire month of December, all about prophecy and discernment and how do you, how do you foster a prophetic word? How do you handle it with maturity? And then also discernment. Discernment is so needed, especially as we enter into 2024. There's going to be a lot of crazy. So uh, this, this teaching series, very needed. And it's really cool how it all kind of came together. It's very uh, Holy Spirit uh, driven. And I'm very excited um, just about the entire thing. But we'll share about the, the story. Yeah, we'll have to tell the story later because it is really cool. We were like, what? <laughs> so, um, yeah. Anyways, very excited. So that starts next Wednesday, uh, first week of December. Can't wait. Super excited. Um, guys, I'm super excited to have this guest back. Really enjoyed last time. I'm a big fan of this guy's podcast and just content he's releasing. 
Uh, he's a speaker. He's a content creator. He's also the host of the Futures Now podcast. Let's give it up for our guest today, Spencer Nakamura. What's up, man? Hey, it's so good to be here again on the Elijah Fire podcast. Thank you guys so much for having me back. Jeff, always great to, to be talking to you. Absolutely, man. So why don't you tell people really quick, and we'll plug it at the end too, but what is the Futures Now podcast, Spencer? Yeah, so the Future is Now is a uh, podcast. It's a ministry that launched in 2020. Uh, my wife and I just felt kind of this burden to preach truth in a world full of lies. So that's the the premise of the entire ministry is regardless of the popularity of it or the controversy, we're committed to biblical truth and we preach that truth. And so, you know, I'll, I'll speak on a variety of different po- topics, whether it be topics in the Bible, whether it be cultural things that are happening and and everything is dedicated to, okay, what does our world look like, but from a biblical perspective? Yeah. Love it. You guys do a great job. You really do. Thank so, you. Thank you. Yeah. Way to, way to be, way to go. All right, man. Well, we're talking about uh, a great topic today. Um, and it's about, well, why don't you, why don't you set it up? What are we talking about, Spencer? Of course. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about really becoming a mature believer. So you know, it, it's allowing that work of the Holy Spirit to produce in us something that would help us stand the test of time. And so um, that that, in my opinion, you know, we we kind of talked a little bit about okay, what topic would be good? And I just think that this is a very important and relevant topic in today's world. And it's needed because, I mean, if anybody's going to look around and look at the events happening in the world, it's like, what do we need in today's world? We need mature believers that aren't freaking out about what's happening, but it's ready to really shine Christ's light in such a, a dark sphere. And that requires maturity. Yes, it does, Spencer. And I think, too, you know, within the last, I've noticed in the last, I don't know, three years, especially the 2020. Um, mm-hmm. Heard so many people that I follow, even that were like, you know, I was raised in the church or I was following the Lord for a while, but it fell away. And then things got weird in 2020. And I just decided <laughs> in, a, now, in multiple ways. <laughs> yeah. And that's a really loaded thing that I just said. But, um, but they were like, you know, I just realized that now would be the time to get right with the Lord. And so, mm. the, you know, you get a lot of people that were just like, I mean, they were hitting the afterburners. They were on fire, yep. going hard and, um, you know, pursuing the Lord. And what happens in every believer's life is, you know, you have that honeymoon phase of just like you're on fire. And then all of a sudden you're like, you feel things maybe start to lessen a little bit, you know, and then you kind of. Right. You really shift into a different gear. And I think that sometimes people can be disarmed by that and they think something's wrong with them. Um, mm-hmm. And that's where, like, I think it's really important, even when you're on fire to set up good behavioral patterns and shifting where you put your focus so that when this happens, um, you know, you're, you're set on the right path. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is a great, great topic, man, because, because of a lot of that, you know, there's a lot of believers that are like now kind of getting to the nitty gritty people who dedicate their life, getting into the nitty gritty now going, okay, now, now it's time to shifting gears. So. Yeah. It's getting, yeah. it's getting real now. Yeah. <laughs> like you said that the honeymoon phase is, is over, but I think that, yeah. that there's a level to that, that any believer is going to experience. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I always attribute it to, 
any type of strong relationship, you know, whether, you know, any, the, if you're watching, if you're married or strong friendship or whatever, it's like, you know, passion and emotion is great in the right context, but nothing can be sustained by feeling. And so the same thing is our relationship with Christ. Of course, we're continually going to want and, and have those experiences with God. And, and those are amazing, the mountaintop moments, right? But the, the bulk of a relationship is always going to be found in the middle where you navigate, where it's a choice, where it's a decision, where, you know, me and Adrian, I talk about this, uh, you know, on my podcast, but I'm like every single day for me and Adrian is in, all right, we're going to this five-star hotel. I'm taking you on this vacation. We're staying here, <laughs> right? That's not sustainable. I, yeah. And we would be in severe debt and we would not be in a good place in, in our life. And, you know, but, but that doesn't, mean that our relationship is any less than i actually kind of prefer the moments where we're sitting down together we don't have anything going on in the day we're kind of just talking and hanging out i feel like that's where true intimacy is developed and that can be said the same in our relationship with christ yeah oh i 100 agree yeah yeah and i think dude like another reason why i think this this topic is very relevant especially as it pertains to young believers young people is you know, especially with this day and age, there's a lot of like the influencer culture of just like, check me out I'm in the Bahamas, check me out. I'm mm -hmm. airplane jet setting, going somewhere yeah. it's fake, you know, like a, a lot yep. of people are doing the whistle and like a lot of this stuff is not all of it, but there's a lot that is fake. And we're creating this false sense mm -hmm. of like this. My life is at a 10, 10 out of 10 yeah. times and yours isn't. So something's wrong with you. You know, and I'm like, oh, like that's setting a bad, bad standard and an unrealistic one, you know? So I think that can be the case, you know, like people often call social media that your highlight reel, you know, it's all your good yeah, moments, exactly. your best side, all of that. And um, I, I think that we need to, I guess, have a different pro approach in our relationship with the Lord because, you know, it's not social media anyways. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the. Yeah. I mean, that, of course, that's that's the danger of social media. And I, you know, it's kind of ironic coming from two people that are on social media preaching right, the gospel. Yeah. But there are there are good elements of it. But I agree with you in in totality of it can be such a place of of fakeness, and mm -hmm. it becomes dangerous when you don't see Instagram and YouTube and Rumble as the highlight reel, and instead you see it as something that's supposed to be normal. Um, so. So how do we detach ourselves from that and realize, okay, what, what, what is real and what, am, what is this like false idea of what normal should be? Um, that, that's extremely important for believers and even Christian, you know, Christian influencers are, are, you know, I can, I can be guilty of it as well. And I have to be careful of what I put out there. Cause I'm like, okay, what am I showing as a perceived normal? And is that okay? And, and I have to ask myself that question all the time. Yeah. And I think if anything, it's like, if you're honest, I think if, if people are honest, that they have any kind of platform, you're, you kind of go, okay, I don't know everything. I shouldn't pretend like I know everything. Yes. And so yeah. even for me doing this show, dude, like I've even realized certain, certain elements of my theology were off. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh, what I said actually is contrary to the Bible. You know? <laughs> yeah. Dude, I've had to go and erase videos. Like, yeah, I'm like, I've even just oh, said like, but, Hey, I've, I've said this and actually I was yep, wrong. Yep. Here's the actual, I've done that a couple of times, you know? 
that's what humility i mean you need humility especially in this sphere because like yeah Yeah. uh, we're going to say things things change theology you know my belief about certain topics has changed over the years and so yeah i'll look at something i said nine months ago and i'll be like wait i don't think i you know, no, obviously it's not blasphemous, but, but you know, yeah, we're but talking about like, open-handed you just issues feel here. Differently. And yeah, especially if exactly. it's not a theological issue, you go, yeah, I actually feel differently about this now mm-hmm. than I did back then. Yeah. You know, it's a balance people, for sure. Fortunately, I've never written a book on anything. Yeah. I haven't written a book at yeah. all, but I haven't written on anything that I disagree with now. That would be exactly, awkward. exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. You mentioned sanctification. Mm-hmm. Spencer, what is sanctification? Yeah, so I mean, sanctification is, I think, in the simplest terms, it's the purifying work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So it, it, it's the Holy Spirit working in us to make us more into the image of Christ. And, you know, Second Thessalonians talks about how we're saved by the sanctifying work of the spirit. And so in any believer, it's the process and it's the refining process of going from somebody that may be immature in their faith. Cause when we all get saved, newsflash, we're all immature in our faith when we get saved. Cause we, we don't know, you don't know what you don't know. You know, I, and I, you yeah. know, I remember when I was 16 years old and I raised my hand to get saved in a service and I knew what I was feeling. And I knew that the encounter was real. I knew all of this was real. And I was like, man, this is crazy that there's a God that's encountering me right now. So I raised my hand. Yes, I want to get saved. Okay. Now from that point, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know anything. I just knew, okay, God is real. I want a relationship with him. And from that point, the sanctifying work in me was being molded more into the image of Christ. And so I always say like, I was saved or yeah, I was saved in a service, but I was solidified in the word. And so it, it, it was a process and it's, it's a lifetime process. I mean, I always laugh. I'm like, if Paul in Romans talks about, Hey, I do things that I don't want to do. And I don't do the things that I do want to do. Then I'm like, okay, I think sanctification is a lifetime process of, okay, Lord, make me into your image. Make me more like you make me more Christ-like, but it's, a, it's that daily process in, in refining work of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And I think, dude, like I, I, to your credit, what you just said, you know, I have on people from a wide range of ages, you know, early twenties <laughs> to seventies, you know, like, yeah, I, it doesn't matter to me. Um, and, uh, a lot of the people that are part of like the boomer generation that are running hard after God still, even they are like, yeah, just the other day I had the Holy Spirit convict me of something and I needed to repent of it. And I'm like, I respect that. And I feel a lot better about it. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we put a lot of pressure and I, I think I would say for myself, you know, just being transparent, I I put a lot of pressure on myself to, to hit a standard. And then Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever, you know, tried to live that way, but you come up against, uh, you know, falling short of that standard quite often, you know, and I think for right. me, it's been a process. My life walking with the Lord has been a process of him just removing that desire mm-hmm. for perfection and realizing like, dude, like no human effort is going to attain perfection. It's just not like, Absolutely. like you have to allow Jesus to, to take over. You have to also recognize that what the blood has done for you. And for me, like I would say the Mm -hmm. past 
man, pro- probably past three years, especially past five revelation after revelation after revelation about the blood of Jesus. And I think that's the fun yeah. thing about walking with the Lord and, and walking this out is, is it takes on a lot of different dimensions and, and God will take you mm-hmm. through the seasons of just focusing in on a specific topic and then into another one. It's just like, you know, it's awesome. It's, it's fun. It's fun. It's, yeah. and what's, what's awesome is, you know, nobody's going to understand all the mysteries of God in their lifetime. Right. And so right. what what's amazing is the more that you dig deep and the more that you learn about Christ, the more that it's like, wait, <clears throat> I actually don't know anything, <laughs> but it's, it's almost like, relieving because at in the beginning everything is overwhelming and i actually had a friend of mine that you know got saved probably a few years ago i've been saved now i've been christian for 13 years um and she she came to me and she's like hey yeah i've been saved for you know whatever five or six years now and mm-hmm. she goes i feel like i'm so behind and i feel like there's so much more i need to to learn Really and I normal. go, well, I, I said, welcome to the club. <laughs> I feel that every single day. Yeah. And the more that I read commentaries and dive deep into mm-hmm. the word and the more I pray and encounter God, the more I'm like, man, there is so much that I don't know, but it's almost like this treasure hunt in this, this exciting adventure that you have with the Lord when you realize that there's so much of a, of goodness to discover in him. And so, and that, that's kind of what you're, you're speaking to is like, we're never going to arrive. We're never going to get to the place where we're like, yep, I don't have any more work to do. Well, at least hopefully you don't get to that point. If you, if you think that, then maybe you should re- reevaluate. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. But, I uh, it's exciting. Some people who were like, I don't like, I was talking to someone, they were like, I don't sin. And I was like, Ugh. um, well, uh, okay. I yeah. think that's not true. <laughs> Are you Jesus? No. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's uh, you know, be wary, be wary of that, people. Um, I something that you said that I thought was really important though is is you're talking about just your process of walking out your relationship with the Lord, and you're saying that you got saved mm-hmm. in that moment, but you were solidified yeah. in the Word, and I think that's one of the whenever I've been walking young believers, baby Christians through stuff. I'm like, get into the word, just yeah. pour into it. Here's, here's where I would point you to. I always point people to the gospels. That's like, you know, yep. that that's a good starting point, but is just spend time in the word, saturate yourself in the word. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, super important. It, it's, it's so important. And it's sometimes we, we gloss over it. Cause it's like one of the most basic pieces of advice we could give. We'll get into the word. Well, obviously. Right. But but it is what the most powerful tool in terms of hearing God and learning and and just letting your life be transformed. Like I went a testament to the the interns at the time at the church, but I got saved again. I didn't know anything. I didn't know anything about anything. I didn't have a Bible, never done devos. Um, but they're intern devotions, at the church, everybody. <laughs> Devo- sorry, devotions. For those yeah. that don't know what Devo is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah devotions. Yeah. Um and one of my one of the interns at the church, he found me and he's like, "Hey, uh, you know, I saw that you raised your hand. That's amazing. Why don't we go do devotions tomorrow and read the word?" And you know, I probably said the same thing to him. I'm like, "I don't know what a devotion is. Like, I don't know, cool. <laughs> I don't know." Yeah. And so he gave me a Bible and and we met at like 6 a.m. in the morning, 6 a.m. the next day, and then every morning from that point for like six months, I 
met with somebody and I read the word and I had friends of mine that I went to school with that all, we all raised our hand. There's probably like eight of us that raised our hand. And then six months later, uh, like six of the eight were off doing the same exact things that they were doing before. And I was in love with the church. I was in love with the word. I was planted. I was rooted and I've never left that place. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. And I always think back on that moment and I'm like, I the the one difference of me versus people that were in service, experienced a real message and yep. raised their hand for salvation. The difference was the word of God that just made its way into my heart and my spirit. And that's what anchored and solidified my faith. So that's why I always say, same as you, like, oh, well, how do I read the word? How, why I'm having trouble hearing, read the word. Uh, well, I'm feeling a little, read the word. Because even mm-hmm. if you don't fully understand the words on the page, we have to realize that the word of God is alive and it's active and it, it works on Dude. you and your heart, even if you don't even understand the words that are on it. Yeah, well, and totally, dude. And and something, I've shared this, I've shared this lesson that the Lord taught me before, but I think it applies now. And I think it's really good is I was listening to, I was talking to the Lord about hearing him and in, in YWAM, I was in YWAM youth of the mission for those who mm-hmm. don't know. And, and, and the, the kind of motto or slogan is to know God and make him known. And, and like usually mm-hmm. week one, when you're ever, you're in one of their, their entry level schools and training courses is hearing the voice of God. How does God speak? How, how do you hear him? How do you see, how do you get guidance from the Lord? And, and when yeah. you can know that you can, you know, like, uh, it, it be, you know, it's like you can go do like, Oh, you can, you could do the same things as people are like, Oh, I was praying and I heard God say, go to the mall and you're going to see someone with this or whatever. And I went and it yeah. was amazing. And anyways, um, and so I was sitting there and I was just kind of going over this and I had some students, we were doing a school and I was just thinking about this and a song came on the radio I'd never heard before. And I said, wow, that sounds like so-and-so. And then I looked it up and sure enough, mm-hmm. it was so-and-so. And immediately the Lord was like, how did you know? How did you know that person's voice? I said, I've spent time listening to their music yeah. and a lot of their music. And he said that the same rule applies to me. And it's like, okay, well then mm-hmm. how do you do that? By spending time in the word and people who yep. are like, they want direction and they don't feel like God is speaking. I'm like his, the, the word is alive and powerful, sharper than any double-edged sword, piercing into the, even to the division of soul and spirit joints and marrow. And, and so I think it's the same, it's the same thing. Like you're talking about of, of just like yeah. spending time in the word. Like that's how you learn that you're listening to his music. Like, like in that, that, anal- that example I gave of listening to that artist. I spent time listening yeah. to their music. You're listening to God's music. You're listening to his word. You're reading his word, speaking it out loud, whatever it is. And then mm-hmm. suddenly it's like you learn his nature and his character. You learn what his voice sounds like in a world of a lot of voices. You can pick out his voice in that mix too. So it's really good. Yeah. One of my favorite um, quotes about the Holy Spirit actually comes from my my friend um, Diga Hernandez, but he says the, the Holy Spirit is not a like hearing God and hearing the Holy Spirit is not a skill, but it's a sense. And I, I love that because it's the idea of how would you describe your wife's voice to people? I mean, you could could people understand exactly what your wife sounds like if you just kind of described it? It's like, well, not really. I mean, you can kind of describe elements of it, 
But once you hear it, once you experience, once you have conversations, you know, you know the voice. And so the same thing can be said. I mean, people ask me all the time, how do I hear from God? How do I, you know, and it's like, well, I can give you the tools to learn the voice, but I can't tell you exactly what the Holy Spirit sounds like because it's a sense. It's not like a skill. And so, yeah, Mm -hmm. it takes time, like you're saying, of developing time and intentionality with the Lord, with reading the Bible, with being in prayer, and you will begin to be able to discern what that voice sounds like. Well, and I think too, God, uh, this is something that I've always, I've talked a lot to like my past students when I was in YOM of like, God, God speaks your language too. So there's things that like, Spencer, if you and I spent a lot of time together, all of a sudden we would start to develop a language that only you Mm -hmm. and I understand in terms of, Hey, remember so, or I just say a word and you know exactly what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, exactly. And the same applies to God. And I think that's what's so exciting as a believer in walking mm-hmm. out your relationship with the Lord is you realize that you have those shared experiences. You have those yep. things that mean something to the two of you. And that's what's so special. And it's like, that's what I'm just constantly in awe of God that he's like that with everybody. And he desires to be yeah. like that with everybody. Absolutely. And that's what sanctification will do for you mm-hmm. is it will help you to be able to just instantly recognize voice like the Lord in your, in your life, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, maybe 10 years ago, as I was walking out my faith and I had a, a situation and I'm kind of sitting there thinking like, okay, what, what should I do in this moment? And it was a consideration. Maybe that moment now for me is in a, in a moment I'm like, okay, I know that this is the decision because I've recognized the Lord's voice so much to my life that it's not as much as a hesitation anymore, where it's like, now I I hear his voice way more clearly than I did 10 years ago. And hopefully, Mm -hmm. you know, as I continue in 10 years, it'll be even more clear and even more clear. And, uh, that that's just what that sanctification does in your spirit. And I always laugh, you know, cause I, when you talk with, I won't say, uh, I won't say older Christians. I'll say wiser Christians, seasoned. You know, people that are seasoned, seasoned Christians. Yeah. 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 But you know, I, it's so funny because when you talk to seasoned believers, they always mm-hmm. have this, this peace about them in the most, yeah. you can bring up the most crazy situation. I'm going through this. I don't know about this. This is going on in my life. And they're all, you know, they'll always be like, well, you know what? The Lord is faithful. He's good. Like you'll get through it. And you're like, did you just hear what I that said? Help me. But the more exactly, <laughs> but the more that you experience the goodness of God, and the more that you allow yeah. the Holy Spirit to work in your life, the more that the the fruit of the Spirit will come out in you, and the more that you'll be able to live your life in a way that can again stand in this dark world and, and shine the light. But it, it's it takes that process, right? So, Spencer, why? From your own perspective and what you've seen, and maybe even people you've talked to, like why why do you think? Christians neglect this whole idea of sanctification? Um, Because it's hard. <laughs> it really, I mean, it, it's difficult. You know, I, I, yeah. I think about um, James, James one, two through four, where it talks about, you know, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds, because it produces that perseverance in us. And, that that's just the reality of like the sanctifying work is not always fun. And it's not always this joyous occasion, and and but it's it's necessary. It, it, I think of it like, you know, you, we have a lot of Christians that want to enlist in the army, and they enlist in being in in God's people and and fighting for Him. But like, okay, well, 
by the way, after you enlist, you have to go to boot camp. <laughs> you know, after you enlist, you have to get trained. What's the point of enlisting in an army if you never get trained up? You're going to be right. useless and and a hindrance and in, in, in more damaging than helpful in the same way with believers. It's like, okay, you want to do things for God. You believe he has a purpose for your life. You want to, you know, spread truth. Okay, in order to do that, you have to get trained up. And that is sometimes a process that is uncomfortable because sanctification does require submission. And I think a big, you know, topic is there there might be a sanctification issue with Christians because there's a submission issue with Christians. And uh, that that issue comes up with when I read the word of God and I disagree with it. What is my statement? Is it, oh man, okay, Lord, I repent. I'm sorry, change my heart to be like yours. Or is it, uh, I don't, I don't know about that. I think I might just, you know, gloss over that page. So I would say a lot of it is neglected because the the Jesus that is as is loving and that is accepting is super easy to two thumbs up, everybody's gonna get on board with that. But the Jesus that is loving and that is accepting, but is also holy and righteous and calls us to that standard. That's a lot harder to get on board with and to to submit to in our lives. Yeah, and I think uh, it's something that I've often said is you get into dangerous waters when you start saying, well, in my opinion, when scripture is <laughs> very concrete about something and very yes. clear about something yeah. and you go, well, in my opinion, and it's contrary to what scripture's saying. And it's like Absolutely. you were saying where you start, you know, glossing over things um, and I think that the best thing we can do as believers, especially when you come across a hard scripture. Um, I mean, even when I, I, I'm trying to forgive me, but I think it's when Jesus is giving the parable about, um, I think it's unless you, uh, he's talking about carrying his, you're carrying your cross and suffering. And his oh, yeah. the disciples even say, this is a hard teaching. Like, mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. And, um, and so I think the acknowledgement there too, is I think, um, where am I going with that? I have like five, five thoughts going in my head and I like, anyways, it doesn't matter. Happens all the time. Um, but yeah, I, I think that that is, that's just the reality is that difficulties are inevitable when you're Mm -hmm. following the Lord. And, and I think. Yeah, when we're when the Lord meets us, there's joy. You experience this just insane amount of joy and happiness mm-hmm. because you actually feel the power that that has come from from your your sins being atoned for for, for yeah. the blood of Jesus covering over you. And you're like, whoa, I'm free, you know. But then there's <laughs> yeah, also yeah. a lot of other stuff that's produced in you by going, okay, now we're going, now we're going deep. Now we're now we're dealing with the hard stuff. And it's not glamorous. It's definitely not glamorous. Not at all. No, it's not. And let's not forget, I mean, like, like, yes, there are people that encountered Jesus and he, like, wanted to be in his space and see his miracles and there were Christians produced. But, I mean, let's also not forget that Jesus taught some things sometimes and, like, crowds walked away. They were like, nah. I'm good. All right. See you later. Yeah, that's so, too intense. so it is, yeah. it is a, it is a, a statement of truth of like, okay, sometimes the message and the requirements of Jesus are, are so severe in a way of what it requires of us that people will say, no, it's not worth it to me. And they'll walk away. Right. Yeah. And I think I remember the other thing I was going to say now, thank you, Lord, um, was about 
the the image of Jesus, and I think culture has caricaturized Jesus. Uh, and I'm right. talking about especially non-Christians, but then even, I guess, more nominal Christians or even mm-hmm. maybe people that have adapted some uh, or adopted some uh, progressive ideologies or whatever yeah. um, is using those as a grid to look at Jesus. It's so much so that you have celebrities coming out who are not Christians saying, oh, I think Jesus would be pro this or pro that because he was right, pro love. Right. And I'm like, yeah, 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 I'm pretty sure if you actually read the Gospels, you'd be offended by something Jesus yeah. said. Oh, I, yeah. you know, I can't tell you there's so many times where I'm like reading, I'm like, that's a bit extreme. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, all right, exactly. God, all right, this is a bitter pill. I will swallow it, you know? So. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, everybody's gonna you know, misrepresent Jesus in, in their own way of, oh, yeah, he would say this, he would say that. But I agree with you. And I always have a heart check as well. Like, Hey, have I been convicted lately reading the word? And if it's, if my answer is no, I'm like, okay, well maybe I'm just, maybe my spirit is a little bit self-righteous because I feel like I should be convicted reading the word of God because there's an element of flesh in us that is always going to be opposed to it. So if it doesn't, if you're reading it and it doesn't like, like kind of sometimes feel like a little bit of sandpaper against you, then it's like, okay, well, are you, are you really reading it um, for yourself? Because a lot of times what we can do also as believers, and I'm guilty of this all the time is like. Well, you read like, let's say the story of Judas, right? And we're, we're kind of like, man, Judas sucks. Like that guy, man, oh, I know a couple of Judases in my life. Rather than reading that verse and being like, man, I can be Judas sometimes like that, you oh, know? Man. And so it's like, how are we reading? Are we projecting what we read onto everybody else? Or are we truly saying, okay, Lord, you know, teach me. And, and if, if we're being true and honest about scripture transforming us, then we will see ourselves as a lot of times the person that's the dummy that that fell asleep praying or the person that betrayed Jesus or all of these people, but then our eyes are open to the grace and the mercy of God in that. So it's it's also the lens and the spirit that you read the word with. Because the Pharisees re- read the word more than anybody else, and yet their hearts were hard, they were prideful, and they didn't understand really what Jesus was trying to teach them. So it's not a, even just a matter of getting into the word, but it's having the right spirit as you, as you read the word as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And then just going to back to what you're talking about with being convicted by the word. And um, mm-hmm. I mean, I was, I, I, whenever I think about that, I immediately think of first John because uh, first John is insanely convicting to me every single time I read <laughs> yeah. it and I, a great verse just, uh, just to kind of, you know, make my point is first John chapter two, verse four, it says, whoever says, I know him, he's talking about Jesus but does not do what he commands is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. And I'm like, well, I've definitely not done what he's made me to do several times, you know, and it's just constantly yeah. one of those things of just like, Oh man. And like, that's why it's so amazing. The Lord's his mercies are new every morning. And it's just mm-hmm. like coming before me going like, God, I fell short in this area. Show me, show me a better yes. way, you know? And yeah. Uh, and that taking that posture constantly, and it's like that, you know, it's just like exercising. I use exercise analogies a lot, but it's like, you want to get strong. What do you do? Right. You mm-hmm. just repetition. You f- a lot of times fail or you're like, oh man, yep. I wanted to hit 10 reps on this. And I only got eight. Today's the day I'm going to try. We're going to do 10, you know, and yep. you might not, you might not, but you know that just by you doing it, it's going to yield strength. You're going to get stronger.
And it's the same mm-hmm. when we're following the Lord. And I think that God has put all these very quote unquote elementary examples to illustrate to us growth and development. And one of those is right. even just in physical activity and learning a skill, whatever it is. And and I, I don't know why. I don't know why we don't apply that. We have a, we, it's a hard for us to apply that to our relationship with the Lord. You yeah. know, suddenly with, when it comes with the Lord, like if I were to say to you, Spencer, go be an engineer. And you're like, okay, done. I'm an engineer <laughs> now. And they're like, right. no one would say that um, unless they're delusional. <laughs> exactly. You know, okay. Yeah, no, I'm going to go be an engineer. It's going to, it's going to take a bit. But if I say, go and do this, you know, when it comes to scripture, for some reason, my flesh immediately is like, okay, I'm now suddenly that automatically. I'm like, oh, like nothing yeah, else in our yeah. world is illustrated that way to us. So no. And I, I think that's the danger of, yeah, that's a danger. I feel like that's a danger of separating God from the world that we know. And that's why yeah. I see, you know, I, all good comes from God and he designed our world the way that he designed it. And so like the perfect examples is like, yeah, it's incredible how God has made this entire world where principles extend beyond what you're working through. And it's like the, the general truth or the general principle is true anywhere you look. And that's like, you know, working out or a skill and, and, uh, that's how we can see our relationship with God. And, but what happens is I think sometimes we like want to take the world and everything in the world is so bad and because of sin and then god is over here and it's almost like everything is opposed and i think that's where you can kind of you know we don't have to really go there but that's that's how a lot of people can get into the science and and god like are somehow opposed to one another and they're complete opposites and that's why we reject everything it's like well no like we have to realize that god yes there is sin in our world however the good that we see in our world is from god and so those principles are totally able to extend beyond what we see like with growth like with development like with relationships like with everything good that we see developed in this world it comes from the nature and the characteristics of god yeah so good man so good so you know we talked about suffering and and going through hardship but um what does what does a mature believer look like i don't know if there's anything else you have to add to that other than well you're going to go through hard stuff (laughs) yeah i mean you know we're obviously talking about the whatever the hard pills to swallow in sanctification Mm -hmm. but it's also you know it's a beautiful thing because the the closer you draw to god and the more that you allow the holy spirit to, to work in your life, then the more resilient you will be. And I mean, let's, let's use the same exact example of, of lifting and, and exercise. And yeah, you, you might fail, you'll get sore the next day, but like a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, man, you're going to look back and you're going to say, wow, I can handle so much more weight. And I think maybe that message is, is kind of in the same idea of sanctification. Like God has called you to a purpose. And that purpose, you right now might not be able to handle the weight of what God has called you to do. But as you allow the Holy Spirit to work in you, one day you'll get to a point where you're like, man, there's no possible way that five years ago I was I would be able to handle this responsibility, this, this, this load, this anything. And but that's a lifetime achievement. I in, in uh college, you know, it's like I remember a season where I was working a lot cuz I was trying to save up for a ring and and I had I was serving at the church and in my head I was like I am there's no possible way I could 
handle more pressure or more responsibility or have a busier schedule. And then I look now at my life as a college student and I was like, man, if only I could have that schedule again. Like, I, know, right? I, I, I barely had any responsibility. And my hope yeah. is in 10 years, I'll look at my life right now. Because if you were to ask me today, I would say, yeah, I feel like I have a lot of responsibility, a lot of weight. And But my hope is 10 years from now, I'll look back and say, oh, that was nothing compared to what I have now. And it's not about like achieving and all that, but it's just about, man, if I feel like God has called me to more and more impact and to grow in him and, and handle the pressures of life in a certain way, then I have to be faithful to that and trust that he's going to give me more peace. He's going to give me more perspective. He's going to give me more strength. And because of that, we will live our lives with more peace and, and stability and not stability in terms of things that are happening, but stability in terms of our anchor is in Christ. So the beauty of sanctification is your life will not seem chaotic and unreasonable and overwhelming, but instead we can be kind of like the the picture of Jesus in a storm. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. Where he's like, no, 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 okay, it's it's not it's not a big deal. And we we hopefully can go from a place of being the disciples that are freaking out, crying, thinking that they're gonna die in the storm to experiencing uh, what Peter experienced of like walking on that and realizing that, okay, no, I don't have to have to fear anymore. So that's the beauty of sanctification. It's not just like this grueling process of, oh, I hate my life until I die and then I got to go in heaven and things will be good. No, it's the idea of the, the closer I get to God, the stronger I get in Christ, the more life will make sense to me and the more that I, f- I will feel stable in my relationship. Mm, that's great, man. So, okay, Spencer, Somebody, let's say somebody's like, all right, I hear what you guys are saying. And I am immature in a couple of areas. Uh, How does one, I guess, address those in a healthy way and Mm -hmm. then develop in a way that yields good fruit? Yeah, no, that's, that's a great question. Um, And I think my answer comes off of my personal experience of, you know, obviously you have to get into your word, but you you have to realize that this is, again, this is a process and this is like, this is not like a TV show that we watch or a movie and in two and a half hours, we see a total character arc development and now they're way better than they were before. You know, yeah. it's not going to happen because you read two chapters, but I think it's the process of the discipline of, okay, I want to get into my word on a consistent basis. And one of the other most important things that I would say is get in somebody that you look up to, that's ahead of life, that is somebody that you want to become and try and develop a relationship with somebody that can speak into your life, whether that be a mentor or whatever you want to call it. But what helped me in my life when I didn't know anything, when I was an immature believer is... Yes, I would read the word, but sometimes it didn't click with how I was living my life. But somebody that was looking at my life and I was spending time with could be like, oh, hey, dude, um, you did this. and Or we had a conversation and you said this in that way. And just so you know, that comes off kind of rude. Or, hey, no, I don't think you should do this because – and it's like, oh, it started connecting the dots for me. And it started yeah. helping me kind of make what I was reading and what was practical in real life kind of start syncing together. So I would say that's a, a huge fast track of just get somebody in your life that you trust, that's kind, that that exudes a godly character, 
um, and whether that be a pastor at a church or whatever, whatever that looks like and, and say, hey, can you speak into my life? Because we have to give the permission of people to speak into our life. And then we have to be okay when they do because it's, and we have to prepare ourselves that, okay, I, I will be uh, in some instances a little offended by what somebody says because we don't like correction. Nobody does. But no, to have that heart that is willing to accept it and, and walk in that, I would say that that helps you become a mature believer, like a coach, like a parent, like anybody that that has that authority to speak into your life. Yeah. Yes. No, correction, not not my favorite. It's not the best. I, yeah. <laughs> no, but I think as I've gotten older, just accepting that it's just a part of life. And that yeah. like to think that you're gonna do everything perfectly is uh it's a very it, that's a young man's thing and it's it's mm -hmm. also very naive um yeah. because we're, you should constantly be learning you should constantly be you know Absolutely. if your relationship with god uh is of substance as it should be then you are going to be in that constant place of revelation and maybe it won't be all the time you know but like yeah you, there's that constant pre if you want to move something you need to press up against it right you need to actually like mm -hmm. make contact and apply your strength and push it forward right but if yep. you're not and you're like well i just am like i just kind of want to like hang out in psalm 91 or kind of want to just hang out and not, nothing against psalm 91 guys i love psalm 91 <laughs> but um but um yeah i just think if you're if you're not allowing the lord to bring people into your life to speak into you because you know who you are if you're listening right. like i'm just gonna allow the conviction of the holy spirit but yep absolutely i think too like to that whole thing of like getting someone to speak into your life is uh allowing if you're honestly praying praying that before the lord make sure that you're analyzing your heart and you're not going dear lord bring someone to speak in my life but it has to be my senior pastor <laughs> you know? yeah yeah and that's good you know what i mean like because my experience has been like god has brought people who yeah i, I would never have you know like it, not that they're less than or anything like that but they were always better because i just let the lord bring yes. those people into my life rather than going mm -hmm. like, if i had if i had according to my standards it'd be someone who doesn't have enough time to take someone on like you know what yep. i mean and i think sometimes yep, we can get absolutely. to that point of just like oh it has to be that person sometimes we're not even honest with ourselves but that's what we're thinking mm -hmm. you know oh yeah it, i mean yeah i think we can all be guilty of those motives sometimes but that's a good point yeah yeah it's not always the pastor everybody <laughs> he's a busy man Yes, he is. But you know, some people like they they're like, "Well, actually, my pastor is is that person." That's awesome, you know. But I think and you're like, great. Yeah, but I th I I just think that that is. Um, I mean, do you feel like, in regards to just grow the growth and development of a believer, do you feel like mm -hmm. modern society, modern culture, on the go culture, instantaneous McDonald's kind of instant gratification? Do you feel like that has played in in a negative way to the way that people look? And it's not just young people. I just think that the birth of technology, I would love to hear your thoughts on that as someone who is who utilizes technology to yeah. minister. Um, you know, like, do, do you feel like that has become kind of a, a point of resistance for believers? Is that kind of how we're given things instantaneously? And so then 
you know, when you're walking your relationship with the Lord, something doesn't happen right away. And so then that has, has produced kind of a dissatisfaction. I would love to hear your thoughts. Yeah. I, I mean, I think, yeah, in, in a level, of course, social media has definitely changed the, the landscape of discipleship in general and what people think and know. And, and uh, of course it's, it's the idea of all more knowledge isn't a good thing. And I know that's kind of a controversial thing to state, but, but we had to realize like the original temptation that, that Satan gave Eve in the garden was knowledge and it was a desire for knowledge. And so we have to realize that knowledge has to be submitted in order to Christ in order to be a good thing. And so, you know, yeah, what we've seen in today's world with social media is so much knowledge and so many things and so many perspectives that the the hindrance and the difficulty is you have this whole generation of young people that think that they know everything and they think that they know all the answers and and that is it's damaging, but also it doesn't have to be damaging, right? And I think of the two perspectives of, you know, there's there's person A over here that is on TikTok and Instagram and they have these people coming up and they're talking about, oh, this is why the Bible isn't reliable. Oh, this is why, you know, and pretty toxic things about the Bible. And they take that and that is now their, you know, authority on the subject. And they're like, okay, yeah, I know. I know it because the video said it. See, that's super damaging because you'll you'll have a very, very skewed, inaccurate view of, of God and the Bible in that regard. Okay, but on the other hand, you have people, let's say, and I just had a couple of interns come up to me last week and they were like, hey, I saw a TikTok video and it said this. And I think it was talking about like the death penalty or something in scripture. And it said this, I would love to know what you have to think about that. And then so we had a discussion and we talked probably for like 30, 40 minutes on the subject. And they were like, "Oh, okay, now that makes sense." And uh, and they're and I said, "Oh, why don't you go talk to my brother, um, my brother-in-law, Jake? Hey, why don't you go talk to Jake because he might have a different different perspective than me." They're like, oh, "Okay, great." So they go to Jake. See, that is healthy because I think the i the 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 fact that social media is bringing up more topics isn't what's bad, and I think it's good. Yeah, I mean, I think because a lot of times we can be overwhelmed by all the questions that Gen Z has. It's like, well, does, does the Bible really say that they, they committed genocide in, in Exodus? And, oh, did, did the word this word only get into the Bible in the 1950s and all these? It's not bad to ask those, those questions. Like Those are good questions to ask, those, but they're hard questions, and you have to really dive deep to understand them. But the the danger comes when we just take these different social media platforms and things as our authority rather than actually investigating and getting to the bottom of it. So yeah. I think social media doesn't – it is damaging because a majority of people, like you're saying, the microwave generation, it's like we watch a 60-second clip and it's like, okay, cool. I guess that's that's true. And I think – to be honest, we're all guilty of this. I mean, oh. I've watched this. I've watched a sixty-second video of like a news story, and then I'm like, go to Adrian, my wife, and I'm like, you won't believe what happened. And I tell her this whole story, and like forty-eight hours later, I'm like, oh, actually, that uh, apparently that never happened. <laughs> you know, it's like oh, I do that it, with so headlines easy. too, dude. And I, yeah, which yeah, which is embarrassing to admit because I've I have been very vocal in my frustration with people getting their news from headlines, which is an actual statistic that a lot of mm -hmm. people get their news from social media, yep. which is not necessarily bad. I think that a lot of news outlets are utilizing social media, but from ses sensationalized headlines and we're like, oh, they did not, you know, and exactly. I don't even read the article and I've had to catch yep. myself a couple of times. I'm just like, dude, 
you're a hypocrite. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, no. But we can all we all do it because we all get sucked into the 60 second thumbnail yeah. clickbait Absolutely, stuff. And so, man. but that's what that's why we have to take right what we see in the world, what we hear, what we read, all of this, and then we submit it through a biblical worldview. And that's what's the the healthy thing. Yeah. So I think this would be great to kind of close it out, like, you know, our conversation with this. And it was actually a conversation I've, I had with my uncle over Thanksgiving and and he agreed with me. We were talking about it, but it's actually a, based on a video that I saw. It was a, a reel that was going around and it's this guy on this podcast, Christian. And he was like, I don't think that we were, I don't think that we were designed to take on all of this news in the world. He's mm-hmm. like, I think that he's like the only person who has the shoulders to bear the weight of that is God himself. And yeah. that is, it was during a time when I was really starting to cut out where I was putting my attention, because I think, especially even with social media um, and, and just the age of influencers and there's this podcast and that podcast and this person's yep. saying that, that, but that person's saying this, and this person's also saying that, and, and these are all things that I should care about. And is what that produced in me is anxiety, stress, mm-hmm. and, and very unhealthy, uh, you know, unhealthy things as a result. And um, I think that it's really important. I call it emotional currency of like, I think a mark of maturity as well, of just knowing like what you're about, where God is focused you in on. And because you only have so much emotional currency to spend in a day, whether you want more or not, doesn't matter. You only have so much. And sometimes I'd like, I would cash all in on something in the first half of the day and something that I couldn't control, something that I couldn't fix. Maybe I was seeing something happening in the world or this or that. And I just didn't feel like I had a grace to actually like carry that thing. And, Mm -hmm. um, and I do feel like that is a mark of maturity as well is like, no, like you don't have to be about everything. Like there's too many things. There's too many causes calling for Mm -hmm. all of our attention, but I would love to hear your thoughts on that. What your opinion is on it. Cause you could disagree. Yeah. I mean, no, I, I I totally agree in, in the idea. I think the, what social, I think what our world has done with the age of information, you know, and the technology jump is, I think it's just like amplified, like the projection and what we see of like the human condition. And that is, it it, it will give you anxiety because you you're getting so much poured into you um, that is not good and and damaging. And so, yeah, I, I mean, you can't be concerned with so many different things and all this information and it's kind of like, you know, the idea of like the Tower of Babel. It's like we as people, we just like are the human condition is we want to just grow and attain more. And, you know, that kind of it, it's it, it is. I listen, I love America. Like I'm like pro-America. I love like the, I'm not yeah. bashing on the Western world um, like a lot of other people do. I think that this is a great nation. But I am saying that there are elements of Western culture that is so obsessed with success and advancement in science mm-hmm. and all of this advancement yeah. of technology that we kind of we we lose sight of what actually matters and and that happens on a global scale it happens on a personal scale i mean literally like three days ago so funny because i'm like looking at statistics of podcast youtube all this stuff right i'm looking at all the statistics for like my personal ministry and 
you know, I was like, yeah, it's, it's, it's going good. And I'm like, but it could be better here. It could be better here. And I like the Holy spirit, just like it, like he like hit me in my chest, just like convicted me. And he was like, man, if, if you couldn't see everybody else's subscriber account and everything on the internet, and if you didn't have Instagram to compare everything to like, and all you had to take was the last year of where you were and where you are now, like, how would you feel? And I had to take a step back and I had to realize like, wow, I would, you know, I'd be over the moon. I'd be celebrating. I'd be thanking God every, every moment. Like, cause he has done so much in the ministry, but it's so funny because the more that I am trying to be concerned with out, you know, and that's not, has, doesn't have anything to do with my life. The more I lose sight of what God is actually doing in my life. So so I agree with you that like this, mm. that we have to be very careful and put boundaries on what we're exposing ourselves to and what we're concerned about. And it's so funny because I even in this way with like, you know, I do Q and A's on my, on my Instagram sometimes. And there's some Q and A's that come in that I, my response is literally like, I don't care, you know, I, and like, and people get mad about that, but I'm like, there are things that I want to learn about the Bible. And like, that is like, you know, 50th in the line of things that I'm like concerned about, you know, mm-hmm. cause they're like, Oh, well, do you think that this talked about dinosaurs here? I'm like, maybe, but like, I don't, I don't know. I don't really have an opinion. I don't really care about that. So even like in something as, as crazy as like, there's elements of the Bible that I'm still working my priority list out. Okay. So in real okay. life, I have to be very careful about what I'm giving my attention and access to, because the more that I do, the actual, the less that it actually helps me. Right. And so I, I totally think that that's, yeah. So I think even as far as the Bible is concerned, I think that, you know, one person's focus and the thing that they're passionate about is not going to be, that's, it's, mm-hmm. it's not exclusive to the whole body. Like totally. you're yeah. going to find someone who's more interested in one thing versus another. And so even if you run into that, like with Spencer and he's like, I don't care doesn't necessarily mean that what you are into or curious about isn't important. I think that what the most important thing though, especially as you get into like areas that are like, Oh, do you think this is a reference to dinosaurs? And I, I, I've seen people where like, that is their primary focus is is just that type of stuff. And I think that the important thing to ask is why, and it's okay to be curious. Like you're talking about the human condition of uh, age of information and, and wanting to know, you know, and you were talking about the, the Tower mm-hmm. of Babel and all that. It, like, th- that desire to know and be curious is something that God put in us. It, it, that, oh, yeah. That, to explore and know and, and all of that. But the why behind, like, what's driving you, that curiosity and the desire to know? Mm-hmm. Is it pride? Is it, is it you know, uh, fear? It could be a lot of different things. And I think right. that, that the why behind your motivation especially when you're getting into areas of scripture that are a little bit not as clear and they're not salvation issues, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's important to know the why, because there is stuff that is inconclusive in scripture and it is fun. I'll sit there and just be like, just imagine what's happening a hundred thousand yeah. light years from where I am right now. Oh, right. Yeah. I have, I have a super curious mind as well. Yeah. So. You know, and I like that, you know, that, I think that's why I like science fiction and space exploration. Mm-hmm. And stuff, it's yeah. Like yeah, yeah. It, it kind of scratches that itch, but um, yeah, I think the why behind why we, why we, you know, get into certain things is important too. Right. So, yeah. 
Well, Spencer, man, this was great. I would love for you to pray for the pray for the believers, you know, those that are feeling convicted or, you know, need some encouragement or whatever. Yeah, Go for it. absolutely. I would love to. Uh, well, Lord, we just, we lift you up right now and we exalt you and we recognize you as the Lord of our lives. And we just thank you. We thank you for this time. I thank you for this incredible conversation with Jeff and, and this incredible podcast. And I thank you for the reach that it has on everybody that's listening right now. And right now I pray, Holy Spirit, that wherever somebody's at, that you would encourage them where they're at. And you you would take condemnation off of us. You would take shame off of us. You would take guilt off of us. Yeah. And you would help us to pursue you wholeheartedly. I pray right now for, for the person that might feel a little bit discouraged because they feel like, oh man, I have so much growing to do. I have so much uh, to catch up on. And, and right now, I pray that you would just encourage them where they're at and let them not feel a sense of fear or timidity towards what they have to do, but instead give them a boldness and excitement. It is exciting to come to a place where we realize that we need more of you. So I pray that you would strengthen the believer. You would help us in our maturity. You would help us even this week as we face uh, uh, topics and we face uh, events in our lives that might challenge us and that might refine us. Would we recognize them for what they are, which is teaching moments from you? And would we allow those moments to build our faith? I pray that you would help every single person listening to be able to build up their faith and their strength and their endurance in you so that they can face the challenges, the persecutions, the hardships to come and really step into the calling that you have given us. I pray that you would cast vision to the believer. You would cast hope to the believer of what you have planned for their lives. And you would strengthen us to be able to walk forward, knowing that there is growth to be done in order to take a hold of what you have called us to do. So we thank you for this time. Would you solidify this moment in our spirits? And would you help us to remember this teaching as we walk forward in sanctification and maturing as a believer? Help us every single day walk in that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Spencer, how can people follow you? How can they listen to the Futures Now podcast? Tell the people all the good stuff. Yeah. Um, so you can, if you want all the access, you can just go to spencernakamura.com or on pretty much all social media. Uh, my username is Spencer Nock. That's just Spencer N-A-K. So you can look me up on YouTube, Instagram, um, or TikTok, and I'm, I'm on there as well. So those are the two easy places to find all the, all the podcasts, videos, teachings, all that stuff. Awesome, dude. Thank you so much. This is great. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's always an honor to be on, so yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll do it again. We will, There's always a lot to talk about. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're no, definitely not in a shortage these days. So. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely, man. So everybody, that's our show. Have a blessed Tuesday, rest of your day, and tune in tomorrow. Uh, we've got Yvonne Atia back. We love Yvonne. I think she's in Australia or she just got back. Her daughter just got married. So very exciting. We're going to be talking about a great topic, and Illumination is going to be hosting. What? All right. Yeah, bringing the heat. So, um, guys, have a blessed, blessed day, and we'll see you tomorrow at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time with Ivana Tia. Okay, bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. 
Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today.